1: You can find out more about me, Anna, at annamarshnutrition.co.uk and each week we will be bringing you inspiring content for a healthier and happier mind, body, heart and soul. Hello everyone, welcome to computer and Color. It is me and Shay here today again. Um, today we are just catching up again, we thought that it's always just kind of nice to have a little bit of a chit chat at the beginning of the show and share with you what we've been doing and what's on our minds and what's on our heart. And we'd like to come back today to a little bit of discussion around body image, which is something we've we've talked a little bit about on the show before, but I think it's something that is coming up a lot for Shay as she's transitioning through pregnancy. It's something that's coming up a lot for me as I'm transitioning through my recovery from fatigue. So um, it's always good to sometimes circle back on these topics. And as we're continuously growing and evolving, so does our lens and there's new insights which come in and new things that we maybe want to share. So that's our plan for today. And Shay, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you. Yeah. I have to say like
0: when this, when we're kind of thinking about what to speak about today and I'd messaged Anna and said, look, I, I think that something that's coming up really strongly for me now is body image and changing body and shape and everything as I'm moving through pregnancy. And although we have done this an episode on body image before, exactly as you said, like the more that we grow and develop, I think that, that that's a whole different kind of focus for the episode just in itself of showing how far we've come or the personal growth and journey that we've been on to have a completely new spin on the same concept. And I think this is something that can evolve throughout your life continuously. You, you might look at something and have an understanding of, say, yoga as it is right now in your life. And then you progress through it more, you do more self-develop, you, you uncover more layers within yourself. And then you look at that same concept in several months Later, and you have a completely new understanding or new experience of that particular thing. So, I thought that was kind of would be an interesting thing to explore the difference between where we were and where we are now. So, but other than that, I'm feeling good. Um, I had a little bit of a not so feeling great moment, but I think it's also I've been on public transport this morning, and you know, just not having been on public transport for a while, and then getting on the train with face masks and feeling a bit claustrophobic and Definitely as it is, it's more difficult to breathe when you're pregnant just for the hormones and the space and everything. And then with a face mask on top, it just can sometimes feel a bit overwhelming. So I had to just take myself off the train and take a little breather on a bench for a while before I went to see my client. But other than that, I'm doing well. Sounds about how you are doing today, Anna.
1: So I had my staycation last week, which is which is really great. I just spent a week at home, which was just a, kind of an unplanned week, just to kind of go with the flow, not be working, just um, have a little bit more of a relaxed time. That was really good. I feel like I had an allergic reaction to coming back to work, which is interesting because it's I, it's not like work isn't work for me. Like I actually really enjoy. The work that I do, I enjoy the work I do with my clients. I enjoy what I call the introverted work, which is all like behind the scenes, like writing, content creation, that type of thing. And I like admins, so spreadsheets, invoicing, all that stuff. Like it's all really enjoyable, even though it's all very different. But it's definitely the screen time, like spending more time in front of a screen um, is not so great for me at the moment. So I've been feeling that a little bit this week. And I think that's that I find quite frustrating because... I want to be doing things because I enjoy it, but having to continuously be applying the brakes and you know slowing down and not, I can't really allow myself to really get stuck into things because I've always got to kind of step away from the screen. So that's been my experience this week. It's been a little bit of a, a grindy week I guess you could say in that regard but I feel like I'm coming out the other end of that now just in time for the weekend (laughs) which is probably also psychological um, maybe so yeah I think overall things are generally feeling better I redid some tests we did an episode a while ago where I talked through some of the tests that I had done and I've actually redone those tests and I should have those results next week so I'm looking forward to receiving those and, and then maybe we'll have an updated episode on all of that Good. And are you feeling hopeful in terms of how you are feeling? What would you anticipate the results to be? Gosh, that's a good question. So I did two tests and, and one of them was looking at metabolic pathways and mitochondrial function. I think I feel good about that one because that one's that was specifically looking at nutrient deficiencies. And I know like I've been taking the supplements that I was supposed to be taking for the past three months. So I, I'm feeling good about that one. The other one was a hormones test, which measures your sex hormone pathways as well as your adrenal, uh, your adrenal rhythm. So the rhythm of cortisol production throughout the day. And that one I'm feeling a little bit unsure about because it's like the test which measures your stress hormones, which is very stressful to take. So (laughs) uh, it's a little bit of a contradiction. Um, But when uh, you have to take a sample First thing in the morning. And they're like, you know, you need to take the sample as soon as you wake up. You cannot get out of bed. You must take it like immediately. And for me, then I woke up at like half past three in the morning and then I couldn't get back to sleep. And I was like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do now? You know, it, like if I haven't gone back to sleep, then does it still count as like taking it first thing in the morning? Should I take the sample when I would normally wake up? And in the end, I decided not to do the sample, but just to start with the second sample of the day and then complete the 24 hours the next day. So the next morning would be the day that I took the the first sample. But because I hadn't slept the day before, I had kind of been running on adrenaline the whole day. And I was kind of feeling very sort of wired for that 24 hours. So, you know, I don't know how much of an impact that would have, like on the results, but it was definitely a very stressful test for, for, for testing <laughs> your stress hormones. But at least I know that I can factor it into the results yeah. as, as they come. And I don't think that's, that would necessarily have an impact on the overall levels of the sex hormones, which is something I'm also interesting, also interested to see if that's changed. I feel mm. in my body like it's changed. It'll be interesting to see if that shows up as well in the, in the tests.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, that's kind of where I think this, this episode, I think, lands for us, is that... There's so much in the body that is continuously changing and evolving over time, depending on what's going on in our physical cells, what's going on in our environment, what's going on socially, what's going on in our sleep patterns. like. And I think like that's at least what I'm experiencing now through pregnancy is like there's so many changes that are coming into the physical body. And I was actually reflecting on it this morning and thinking that Joe Dispenza is someone that we reference a lot in the show and especially in earlier episodes. And this is a yoga concept as well, but it's obviously he's phrasing it in a much more scientific medical perspective. But his whole reference point is that the body is the mind and the mind is the body. And they're not separate things, that they are actually functioning in the same thing. And it made me think that when your body is undergoing such profound changes, whether it's going in a quote unquote positive way or negative way, whatever it is, when there's cellular change in your body that has some kind of impact on your mind and therefore your identity and who you are as yourself because it's almost impossible for those physical changes not to have some leverage or impact on your mental state your personality your identity and like i was just framing this in reference to pregnancy and motherhood like there's definitely an identity shift that comes and I wonder if that is in part biologically driven, like with cellular changes that are happening. Like such a small, stupid little thing. Like I've noticed in the past like a few days or weeks, like my belly button is like less and less deep. And I'm like, my belly button's going to pop out soon. And like it's so, it's such a weird thing because you don't think about it. And that's like one of those things in pregnancy that you don't really like, it's not a big thing. But it's like, oh, I can, I can really feel like my belly buttons getting shallower and shallower. And it's like this real strange like change that's happening that's uncontrollable that's like, oh, this is interesting. And so it's been interesting to observe myself in those processes. So I don't know if you have anything to share
1: on, on that idea of body and mind connection and identity. Yeah, well, identity is such a big part of the work that I do with my clients. And you know, when I'm working with clients, what I'm often asking them to do is if they're looking to create some body changes for, for whatever reason that they want to do for themselves, is that instead of saying to them, okay, let's change your body, and then in 12 weeks, a year's time, whatever, then you will arrive in your new identity. What the way that I work with my clients is: what are the changes that you want to see in your life? You know, you know whether that's weight loss is a really easy example to use. You know, usually people want to lose weight also because that comes hand in hand with what they feel they will experience at their goal weight. So I'm asking them, okay, what if we could create that experience for you now? then from that place, align your behaviors to match. And so I guess when I'm working with clients, I'm very much working on, okay, let's get clear on this identity of the new self or the higher self or whatever it is. And then we're using, I guess, the energetic shifts of that to inform choices. But then those choices create physiological cellular changes in the body which then bring about the match between what they've created in their mind and then what they're seeing in their physical reality but ultimately i think it's also about experience because some people may not necessarily reach the desired number on the scale or whatever it might be but their experience of life changes and sometimes that number becomes less important as well Mm-hmm.
0: And do you think that there is a reverse relationship there? So do you think that this the biology changes in the body can shift into an identity change in the self, whether it's positive or negative?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think totally. I mean, I always say our psychology and our physiology are interlinked. So if somebody is has change their eating behaviors and they're eating better. And then physiologically in the body, there's less inflammation, there's more blood sugar control, the neurotransmitters are working better, the nervous system is more balanced. All of that is going to have an influence on the mind. And then you feel better about yourself because you feel better about yourself. You're making different choices. You're engaging in different things maybe you're more open to taking risk and then that in itself is what makes up our identity because it's all the things that we do as a result of who we believe we are
0: Mm -hmm. and where are some of the areas that you have had changes and shifts in this concept of body image and kind of your your
1: framework for for viewing this So I guess from a body image perspective, I I think I've been reflecting on this journey personally for myself over the past few years, especially as I've been working on my health and a huge, that's probably been one of the main times recently where a lot of change has been required. And I think previously, even possibly now still, I think I was very identified with having my body look a certain way. And I guess my my default archetype, so to speak, is this highly independent, so Ben and I actually have this joke, but it's not really funny, is that there's, when we first started dating this one night, we were out or whatever, and I got a little bit drunk. Um, and then I wanted to go dancing with my friends. And he was like, no, you can't go, <laughs> you're too drunk. And then I got really cross with him for trying to tell me what to do. And then I was like, I don't need you in my life, you know. <laughs> and that's kind of like, I guess that's that kind of archetype is very ingrained in me. Is like. I, you know, if I can just look after me and be self-sufficient, then, you know, I don't have to put myself at risk of getting hurt. Um, I don't allow myself to be vulnerable. So to complement that, I think what I did was I built a very strong body, like a very competent body, a very sturdy body, a very stable body, very much like, I would want to say masculine in inverted commas, because that was very much like the energy behind it. And, that was all related to identity. So this identity of just being strong, capable, stable, not letting things in like help or love or other good things. And all of that, I guess, is is like a protective mechanism. And so letting go of the way that I was training and therefore how that training was influencing my body was a really big deal for me that kind of got in the way of my healing process because for a long time I wasn't ready to let go. I was like clutching like really, really hard and then slowly, very, very slowly loosening that grip. And and that was about fear, you know, fear of my body changing and then what would that mean about me? And this is like the body-mind connection. And so as I moved through this healing adventure like my body has changed and it's you know I've lost muscle mass I think I've become softer I've probably become a little bit more like feminine in my body type and for me I guess that happened in a way I didn't actually mind that happening once I was able to let go and just release some of that there were things that I got back in return like I felt the benefits to my health and I actually felt like quite good with the softer more gentle approach but then I guess what was really a big trigger for me was that as I've been kind of modulating my hormones and working on some hormonal balance I started to take um, DHEA which is a hormone that as a nutritional therapist, I'm not allowed to recommend to clients, but you can take it um, and it can help to modulate hormones. So I was specifically taking it for increasing testosterone, but it can also sometimes get a little bit confused and go down to the estrogen pathway as well. So when I first started taking DHEA, I think as my hormones were all kind of settling down, I started to put on a little bit of weight. And I think that for me was just like such a big thing because it felt out of my control. It's like there's there's nothing I can do here. Like I can't now go and exercise really hard to to get rid of this excess weight. And I don't think I can really make any more changes to my diet. And obviously over dieting is not going to be good for my hormones or doing any long fasting is not going to be good for my hormones. So I had to come to this place of acceptance. And that was I guess where I started to dig into this and I started to inquire a little bit more and this is kind of like driven some of my thoughts as we've been preparing for the podcast is like, I guess we're always going to have preferences about like how we would like our body to look. You know, it's the same as like, do you want to shave your legs? Do you not want to shave your legs? Like you can have a preference around that. Or do you want to like have long hair or do you want to have short hair? You can have a preference around that. And just as we can have these preferences about like, you know, things to do with our appearance, we can have these preferences about like how we would like our body to look. Um, And what then makes looking a certain way okay, and what makes looking a certain way not okay. And I mean, obviously I don't have all the answers, but what I came to was this idea that it's much more about how you are treating your body and are those actions coming from lack and scarcity and fear so previously when I was unwell and I was training really hard I think a lot of that was coming from lack and scarcity and fear and actually the most loving thing for me to do was to take that step back. So it's thinking about then are my actions coming from lack scarcity and fear or are my actions coming from love and nourishment and care. And so that's what I had to keep on reminding myself when I dropped into this like little bit of weight gain as you know as I was working with my hormones is like you, you just have to be able to accept this. And the, the question I kept on asking myself was like, what is the most loving response here? Like, how can you just love yourself here right now? And I think that it's much easier to accept where you are when you know that you're doing the best for you whether that's, you know, like how you're eating, how you're moving, how you're resting, like all the kind of things we would put in the physical self-care box and then how that could have an influence on your body's appearance. I think it's easier to accept your body as it is when you know that what you're doing is the most loving and nourishing thing for it. So that's a bit of a like (laughs) vomit of my thoughts, but I'd love to hear your perspective on on some of those things, which I mentioned. Mm. Yeah,
0: I 100% resonate with you on the identification or attachment to wanting your body to look a certain way. And I'm not a big person, like, I've always been quite a small boned person. And I think, like, going through this pregnancy journey has really highlighted to me how much of an attachment there was to the body looking a certain way and to have this quote-unquote, like a flat stomach, a six-pack, and not that I was ever like on the cover of any model, model magazines or anything like that, but there was an element of that within how I chose to live my life and how I chose to be when, when I was motivated to do that. I mean, there's definitely phases and changes all the time. And it was really interesting for me to sit in, I would say, the discomfort of moving through pregnancy when it doesn't obviously look like I'm pregnant, but I don't have the body that I used to have. And so it's just like this thickness around the middle that's that's just come into my body. And that is not just due to pregnancy. My The way that I was eating changed so much because there's certain foods that were completely off-putting to me in that first trimester. And I just needed to have like things like bread and, and crackers and things that are not usually part of a diet that that I would that I would necessarily eat or a lifestyle just choices that I wouldn't necessarily usually make for myself. And so it was really interesting to observe that within myself, going in those early phases like, I just want to look like I've got a stomach that's that's obviously pregnant so that I don't have to sit with this feeling of I don't have the body that I quote unquote want or am attached to and at the same time, it doesn't look like I'm pregnant. So I'm kind of in this in-between thing, and I really had to sit with that and be like, well, where where does this come from? Like, and as you have done this this journey and in, inquire yourself, like, where does this come from? Like, who says that it has to look a certain way? And something that I wrote down from what you were saying is that we have these preferences and then where do these preferences come from? Like where is the showing up that we believe that we have to be a certain way in order to feel loved, approved, validated, worthy, whatever it is that we are seeking. And so, yeah, it's been, it's been a really interesting journey and and I've been reflecting on my own relationship to this and how I share and, and post on social media. And definitely I have shared more pictures of my, Naked stomach on social media than probably ever before because now it feels like it's validated because, oh, I'm pregnant. So, therefore, this bump, this belly, and this social situation by society standards is good. Whereas when there's no pregnancy or when that's not the case, oh, no, that's not so good. And this is my attachment to it, but I think that it's probably also a general underlying consensus of what society deems is right or good or perfect in in a broader sense. And so I think I'm going to be really conscious of how I move through this postnatally, because I think like right now it's like easy to be like, okay, well I'm growing my body's changing, this is amazing and there's life and like it's a baby and it's all wonderful. But how does that, what does that journey look like for me on the other side of it? And am I still able to come back to those senses of worth and value within myself when the body has changed in this massive, miraculous way? But what does that journey on the other side look like to me? And that's something that I'm really trying to be connected to now so that in those postnatal phases, it's not like this overwhelming thing where I'm trying to go back to the society's or my expectations of what it should look like or what it needs to be. So yeah, I think, and and if, if I were to like answer that question of where these preferences come from, obviously, like we know, like there's so much that is shown to us in the media. I think it's starting to change now. Like there's a lot more body positivity. There's a lot more different bodies that we are seeing online. And I think it's a really good thing. But just that it's so, it's so prevalent with the images that we are showing and subconsciously what we've been consuming for, I think, our formative years. You know, if our, if we think of ourselves as teenagers, like the images that we saw in magazines were one body type, mm. whereas now it's starting to change. And I think it's a really positive thing. But during our formative years growing up, that wasn't the case. And I think that's largely where, and you know, certainly in our parents' generation as well, like it's just something that's fed through.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you look at the whole kind of Instagram circus is that you look at the accounts that are really big and really popular. It is, you know, usually like women not wearing very much clothing, doing really advanced yoga poses or like fitness, like the, the fit pros with their like six pack and all, all very, very nicey-nicey, like in minimal clothing kind of thing. You know, those are the photographs that seem to get the most attention. And it's, it, it's also like tough trying to build your following authentically without mm. feeling like you need to kind of do some of that to get noticed. And I think that's a really big challenge as well. Mm. And
0: just on that social media thing, like I was thinking about this morning in preparation for this chat, there's an account that I followed. I think it's a very common thing now that, that people are kind of hankering onto is that she's really big, amassed a huge following. And what she does is she shows what these apps can do to change and transform your body. And there's there's like video apps, there's face apps, there's photo apps. Like you can change your boob size you can change your waist size your skin tone you can add six packs you can elongate yourself like that i mean you can basically make yourself a different person and what this account is doing is she takes an image of herself and then she edits it and shows what that she would say the mass majority of popular instagrammers are creating using these apps and part of me is like, wow, this is amazing, like really well done, like she's sh- shining a light on this culture that nobody's really talking about. So in one sense, like that's really good, that's really empowered, like she's showing, oh my gosh, this is me with all my cellulite, my wrinkles, dimples, lumps, bumps, normal human body. And this is what it could like, look like with the skin smooth and everything like lush or tight and whatever she's changing and morphing. So on the one hand, like, great, she's showing what, what's happening. But on the other hand, she's still feeding into that same system because somebody who's scrolling through that is not just seeing a normalized body that's being shown on Instagram with all its imperfect, beautiful flaws, flaws I'm putting in inverted commas, but they're seeing this is what this person's body looks like. Wow, that's what she can do with these apps. Where can I download that app? Like, how can I get, like, I need a piece of that. And so I think, and and, and also to to your point, is that somebody who's just posting the normal human body in its experience of living life would never have garnered the attraction, the popularity, the likes that she has. And it's almost like, like very subconsciously, it's saying through the way that she's set up her Instagram account that, look at my body. And look how I could make it, but I'm not choosing to post that. So look how brave I am for just posting my body. But she's not just posting her body. Mm-hmm. She's comparing it to what she could mm-hmm. post. And I think like that's a little bit problematic in a very subconscious way.
1: Yeah, and I'm sure not done intentionally by her no, to, no, 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 to no. be like that at all, but to... But as you say it's it's how it's talking to the subconscious and how it's continuing mm. to feel some of the insecurities that that we all have as part of our shadow mm-hmm. selves mm-hmm. absolutely. I mean, I've seen some like body image sites as well. They don't necessarily use apps, but they'll do like show how like if you pose or if you stand a certain way, it can make your body look and appear different. And um, so, you know, it's, it's a similar thing. But also what I've noticed if it's the images are being shared like a carousel, you know, where you can flick through the different images, it's usually the pretty pose as the first image and then the other takes like as the second images instead of, you know, so when you're scrolling through the feed, you still see the kind of perfect and air quotes image, which mm, grabs your attention mm. in the first place.
0: Mm, mm. And I think that, that your point as well is like, when you're in like the quote unquote, the Instagram world and you are showing up and speaking to these things from a place of self-love, like it's it almost feels like difficult to play the game when you're not playing the game like that. And it's like mm. how to to show up in your authentic self and still create the same kind of movement towards positivity, but without mm. having to rely on those hooks that, that so often easily draw people in.
1: Yeah. I mean, for me personally, I feel that I express myself best in writing. So like, I know we, mm. we podcast and that's like verbal and sometimes they will do like video training and stuff. But when I, when I'm writing stuff down, I really feel like it comes from my heart and the challenge is most people don't read. <laughs> so mm. you can have like you can have like a, a really pretty image. Like um, I really do like some of the professional photography I've got, you know, but it's still not like half naked six packs. Mm. But, it, you know, you can have a really pretty image, but the value is actually in the words that are written. And that's what a lot of people will tend to bypass.
0: Mm. Mm. So sad. So what are some things that you have been putting into practice to be able to ground your sense of body image that is set or separate from your self-worth, I guess, from your mm. body image.
1: I love that you mentioned ground ground myself because grounding I think is definitely necessary. Um, I actually like to kind of share a story about a client that will, that will kind of segue into that. I'm working with a weight loss client at the moment and She's been, she's losing weight. It's not happening as fast as she would like by her standards, but it's coming off bit by bit. Um, and she's really struggling, I guess, with the sense of lack of control. And I think this, we've talked about control now a few times in various podcasts, and it, it comes up a lot with the, some of my clients as they say, like, when I'm doing, like when I'm checking my macros and I'm doing my workouts and I'm taking my supplements and it's like tick, 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 then I feel in control and that equals good. But really this this control is often a mask for anxiety, which is usually a clue to that there is some lack, there's some unworthiness that, you know, there's something lacking and something not, not going on, but also feeling like you're doing all these things, maybe you're not getting results or not getting results as fast as you would like, or not getting the outcome that you'd hoped for, can leave people also feeling like a little bit powerless. And with this particular client, she was saying like, she was she was just feeling like really powerless when it came to food. And it was really interesting because we then had the conversation about other things that were going on in her life and a lot of anger that was coming up when people were not respecting her boundaries. And there was like a lot of resentment building and, in this particular case, I guess, is like she was feeling very rebellious about actually following the food principles because she felt like she was so out of control that this was just like another thing where someone externally, i.e. me, <laughs> was telling her what to do. And so like we had this little exploration about it and it's like, you know, and I said to her like, I don't think this has got anything to do with you eating well. I think this has got a lot to do with where you're not, where you're feeling powerful powerless in your life. And and then like you're feeling frustrated with your body, but that frustration is actually more of these other areas of your life with this frustration. So I think this is where it kind of loops back to this like mind body connection is that like food stuff, body stuff, very often it can be a result of, you know, of, of feelings towards our body can be mirroring other areas in our life where we may feel stuck or other areas in our life where we may feel powerless or other areas in our life where we may be feeling that we are uncertain or feeling unsafe. So I think like to improve your body image, yes, you can stand naked in front of the mirror and go, I love myself, I love myself, I love myself and do affirmations until your face goes blue. But I think it's also really important to start to think about, hmm, what is this relationship with my body reflecting about my relationship with life with work with health with the the relationships I have with friends or partners like what else is this mirroring to me and I think if you can start to increase your overall sense of safety in life which comes through grounding or if you can improve your overall sense of like autonomy and power that will change your relationship to your body and if you can start to feel like more grounded or even just connect to your body and start to feel your feelings, which a lot of people don't actually do. I think all of that work is what builds self-worth. And when you have that worthiness internally, then the relationship with your body begins to change. There's just a couple of things as well. Like for me, I think coming back to this, like, am I treating myself from a place of love? So asking a very simple question, like, what would love do? Like, you know, in terms of like, if if you're thinking about how you're caring for your body, what would love do? You know, would love eat a salad or would love eat a McDonald's? <laughs> would love, you know, have the gooey chocolate brownie and a great conversation with a friend or stay home and eat a salad. You know, sometimes it's going to be that gooey chocolate brownie with a friend. And I think it's where... Your heart is open, and you can discern the most appropriate actions. You'll feel more accepting of then how your body is, a, I guess, a representation of the cumulative effect of those actions. Another like question, also just to guide behavior, is like, how can I honor my body today? And you know, and that may again show up in different ways depending on the day.
0: Mm. And I think what what you're saying, and, and when I reflect on this idea of powerlessness. And that's something that, for me, has come up again in this pregnancy journey. And I don't know if it's if it's powerlessness or lack of control. And I think there's slightly mm. different, like wording on that. But when I was listening to this, I was like, yeah, that's something that I that I do feel is like you know, especially in this pregnancy journey, like there's an element of lack of control. Like I can't I can't control this changing. Like the other day, I was like looking and I was like, oh my gosh, my nipples are even changing. Like this is like my body is really like changing. Mm. And it was like this big thing of like, gosh, like it's 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 changing so many different aspects of me. But then I think what for me makes it a little bit easier to anchor into a place that's deeper than that, that is where the sense of power can be found again, is coming back to having some kind of spiritual practice. And whether that's you believing in something that's bigger or higher, or just perhaps connecting to, The flow of life and being like, this is part of the journey that I'm on for specific lessons that I need to learn along the way so that I can evolve. And, like, if I think of that in relation to pregnancy, it's like there's, or even in weight loss, whatever it is, there there might be this first layer of powerlessness or a lack of control or things that are feeling overwhelming. But when you can drop a layer deeper than that, then you drop into this place where actually reconnecting back to the sense of power. That's not from you, but it's from life or it's from your spiritual self or it's from the divine or it's from just flow of life, whatever, whatever term resonates for you. But that's again where you find and connect back to that sense of power. And when you tapped into that, then actually this is just part of the evolution of what I need to learn in this moment And and yeah, it's 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 marrying that human aspect, which is desiring the control, and the divine aspect, which can release a little bit of the control and be open to the lessons, as you mentioned, like this idea of being
1: open-hearted. Yeah, I mean, I think like when we're when we are connecting back to ourselves, which is what a lot of spiritual practices do, is they just bring us back into the body. And and it's almost like this, this pureness. I know whenever I do yoga or meditations or the various things I do, like I feel more self-worth. I feel more grounded. I feel more confident. I feel more authentic. I feel less fear, you know, all of those things. I just feel like a much more pure version of me. And I think when you don't like your body or, you know, you're not feeling good about your body, how it can perform, what it looks like, whatever may be going on there can be this tendency to want to disassociate with it or from it. Mm. And these spiritual practices bring us back into the body because that's where the wisdom is. That's where we're getting all the messages and we're interfacing with life. And, and so I think it's it's taking that like first step to come back into you and then from that place, then taking those actions from a place of love. Mm. And early on the show,
0: I mentioned this idea of uh, sitting with a discomfort. And I think that's that's certainly what yoga can teach us is it teaches us to sit with discomfort. So whether we come into a yoga posture and we're like, oh my gosh, I hate being in this posture, but I'm here for five breaths and I just have to read through the discomfort of it. That is something that I think it blocks people from entering the learning that they could have because they're afraid of sitting with the discomfort. So You know, in my early pregnancy journey, there was like a phase where I was like, I just want to be out my body. Like, I don't want to be here. I'm feeling nauseous. I'm feeling so tired. I don't want to be, I don't want to exist in my body. But the practices that we've built in through time is like, okay, can I just sit with the discomfort of what I'm feeling right now so that I can move through it and it can transform and transmute itself? Because the more that we resist the sitting and the being with what is, the more it builds up into this bigger thing. Whereas if we can just let it be, the quality and the nuance of it often changes and evolves. So that's definitely some of my learning over this time. It's like, okay, how can I just be with this discomfort? Like how can I, mm. you know, walk around and feel like, okay, maybe people look at me like, wow, she's like a bit chunky around the middle. That's interesting. And not really absorb that, but just observe it within myself.
1: Mm. I think there's so much overlap between being pregnant and being with a chronic illness <laughs> because yeah, those like those early months of pregnancy when you were not feeling very well at all, and you're just having to be with all of that sensation. And that's also like my experience. It's just like when I'm having a day when I'm in pain or have a headache or something like that, and you've you've just got to be with it because you know th- there's no way to run you know you can't run from yourself and um, you know there's the human part that's like oh I don't like this and then there's that like higher self part that's like I can appreciate the lessons from this mm. yeah so anything else you want to share or we've kind of covered a lot and I mean I think like I just want to say like I don't hold my hands up and say I'm perfect I think I still do do have I'm I'm comfortable with my body as it is now, but if I gain 10 kilos, could I say the same thing? Probably not Mm -hmm. at this point in time. And so I think it's something that we're all constantly dancing with. But as I said, it's like when you can meet it with acceptance and you can meet yourself with love, then how you treat yourself, I think comes from a much more loving place.
0: Mm. And I think that goes back to this idea that we said at the beginning, you know, we've spoken about body image in a previous episode and we'll link it maybe in the show notes, but even now me where I am right now to be able to sit here and be like, actually I really was identified with having this quote unquote, this perfect body, but to be able to release that and be like, Oh, this is an observation that's coming up for me now. Like what other lessons and, and learnings is going to come out on the other side of this. And like, I think that's where it's so beautiful to have these practices that you're continuously checking in with yourself. Like mm. where am I now? Where was I yesterday and what's possible for coming into the future? Like, it can create a really positive upward spiral for you. So I think that's also really useful. Yeah, it just goes deeper and deeper. Yeah. Well, thanks for sharing all your insights and wisdom with us today. It was a nice conversation. Yeah, thank you too. And
1: I'll see you all again in the next episode. See you soon. Thank you for listening to another episode of Kombucha and Colour. If you have enjoyed or been inspired by our conversations today, please leave
0: a five-star review on Stitcher or iTunes. Don't forget to share with friends and family. This will help other women find inspiration to live life bright. We'd love to connect with you on social media. Come find me, Shay, by searching Shay Dyer Yoga on Facebook or Instagram.
1: You can find me, Anna, by searching Anna Marsh on Facebook or Instagram. And remember, you can always refer to the links in the show notes. See you next week.